Good evening. Today is Tuesday, January 10th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter step is A Vision for You. A Vision for You, and our speaker tonight is Gunit B. Uh, thank you, Gunit B. Thank you so much, Kendall, and everyone for having me. Miranda, welcome. There's a saying in the program that I heard that helped me, uh, which is a willingness. The only requirement is a willingness, and you reading is just everything. You know, it's showing up, dialing in. And for anybody who's new, or maybe I'm I'm new every single second. That's how much I don't have this. That is for sure. Um, it's so nice to see some familiar faces here. And uh, thank you for the welcome and, and the chats and everything. I'm so grateful to be here. Um, just to briefly qualify, it'll, God willing, hopefully in June be 12 years, something like. And so it's about 11 and a half. And the reason I say that is exactly what this meeting's about. Create your own conception of a higher power. And um, there is no way that I, I've got this. There's just no way. I mean, there's a saying of powerless and surrender. And sooner or later, I had to try and talk. I had to just realize I cannot talk my way through this. Just, you know, I heard about all the different diets and everything and all of it. And I tried this and I tried that. It's like this next one's going to work. And I hear these things that still come on, especially come January the 1st or so forth, you know, and and I realize it doesn't matter if I know why I eat. The problem or why I do whatever I do with food, restrict, exercise, binge, laxatives, the, I mean, I've earned my seat in these rooms, you know, whatever the history has been. It doesn't matter if I know why. The issue for me, and this is just for me, is I cannot stop. You know, I, it, logic prevails me nothing. And it was very challenging to say that even, especially in the first couple of years, because I came from a place so grateful to have an education, kind of like the first generation here, the first person in my family here to get the masters and everything and good schools and worked hard and loving family and given everything. Now, you know, now I, I can't do this food thing, I, you know, and the topic of this meeting, a vision for you, my goodness, if I didn't know, and which I didn't know then, and I'm sure more will be revealed to me, God willing, I stick around and hear more and stay more. But that vision, to me at least, is something so much farther than the food situation. And so I might go into this tailspin. And, and again, I only speak from my experience, strength and hope and, you know, I hope it helps somebody in relation and <laughs> pardon the tangents that may go around here, but really like I, I started off saying there's something so much farther beyond the food. And the truth of the matter is 
if the diet had worked, if I could have figured a way out to control, I would have not known the greatest gift that's been given to me, which is to me, this disease in the practice of recovery, in the practice of recovery is the greatest gift ever to me. And the reason I say that is because when something, when I'm just powerless, I would have not known surrender. And if my little world of being able to control the food and just go on my merry life, I would have not known a life that I did not even have a courage to dream about. Forget about a courage to put words to, forget about a courage to actually be living, but that did not even conceive in my, in my brain, in my fathom of anything that so that's the vision of something so much greater than myself has now when I first came in I came in with a background of having believed in in a power greater than myself in a way that I that I called God but what I did not realize is that I could have a personal relationship with this power. And fast forward, what's been revealed is like, I just didn't realize that this power was going to do for me. When I first came in, it was like, I realized that, okay, I see these signs, I hear the prayers and you know, people are taught and I, and to me, at least that was a comfort zone because I had believed in something greater always. And at the depths of my depth, and I just wanted to die with a whole world still ahead of me, having just finished grad school, having everything going for me and not understanding what's going on. That's that vision to me. There's a spiritual bankruptcy and a vision of hope, a vision of life, a vision for me by something greater than myself needed to be had. And I tried to use my intellect to listen to all of you or to listen to the meetings and be, okay, now I understand and I'm going to go do this until what I was trying to do is this perfectionism business, is this diet and calories business, is all the obsession that I was working in my disease and trying to put it over into my recovery, but it doesn't really work. But I tell you, when I finally stopped, when by the grace of getting sick and tired, like there's a bottom, thank you God for that bottom. When the message was carried to me, somebody also said, all right, be kind to yourself and you got to hit a bottom and now there's hope. And I wasn't quite sure, you know, because I'm never really sure. I never really learn act the part, even when you're not sure. And that's that willingness and so forth, you know? Um, and when that mess, and I realized there, there can be another bottom. There can be one more bottom and one more and one more. And I'm just, I'm just out of my wits. So I learned abstinence and food and so forth. This is, 
not the diet and calories bondage club that I have been grown my life in, in this small little world that, Hey, if it would have worked, I would have never known freedom from this small little world that I was looking at. And that hence it goes back to in recovery is my greatest gift, my greatest gift. So it felt amazing and scary and amazing to say, okay, the God that's out there somewhere, I, I, I give up, I give up my pant size. I, I'm just so exhausted. I give up because I realized what I was saying is I just finally want peace. I just finally, finally want some freaking freedom from this hellhole. And I, and abstinence and food plan and all, it was simple actually. And really I, I borrowed somebody else's in the time being just to get started because somebody said, why don't you just try a day? And I was out of my wits at that point. You know, I was done with my control and I, believe it or not, this is how desperate I must have been because I would never start something on that particular day unless, you know, there's my control issue. If the day is a lucky day, the moon, the stars, the lunar eclipse that happens once in a century aligns, that's the day to start something for me, you know? I mean, and it was a day that really in my black and white thinking was an unlucky day to start anything. And thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. From that day, one second at a time, it's not been, it's been anything. And I put my feet on the ground because I am, it just humbles me every single second, how much I'm protected from my own fears of self-sabotage from anything and everything in life. But, you know, so it was so freeing to say, go out and have a meal with your mom at a restaurant, have a plate of food. It was like unbelievable. You know, the, the first step talks about it in surrender and powerlessness and how much I have canceled life and canceled on others because I wasn't able to control the food. The dress size didn't fit. I didn't feel like I was right. And, you know, I mean, I was living small and small and small. So that's, that's that minutes. problem. Thank you. And then what grew from there? It's like, I've heard the saying, put down the fork or, or the scale or whatever it is that the compulsion of the disease, the diet and calorie, the Excel sheets that I made when I was supposed to be working at work, counting the meal plans and the calories and everything else and lasted for maybe, maybe a day, probably two hours until I binged. You know, that's how I knew how to get through everything. The, the core of my disease was probably restricting, binging, restricting, binging, control, control, control. That way I can have it my way until it's like, that's my whole world. So it's like, you put that down, you pick up a step, you pick up the steps, or I, I, I say, I, I pick up the steps. And so, and then I get to find out what in the world is going on behind this. And somebody asked me one time, what are you feeling and with all my wits and education, I could not answer that question. I was like, 
get me the Webster's Dictionary. I mean, I don't know. And, and then somebody said, what are you afraid of? I'm not afraid of anything. Okay. Now the big fears that were out there, like the world coming to an end and Pluto aligning with Mars and will the sun burn out? The, none of those really occurred to me. What I was afraid of and why it's still so daily is, oh my gosh, at 6 p.m. somebody's going to call me and what are they going to say and what's going to happen? And oh my gosh, my boss is going to have to like, you know, have a deadline for me and how am I going to meet that deadline? And what's my mom going to say about the new pair of jeans that I had? constant spinning and spinning and spinning and god forbid you look at me wrong because oh my gosh oh my gosh i really need your approval of everything and anything and okay i would really like you know the constant day to day minute by minute fear over fear over fear put the food and there it is there it is put the disease down pick up a step and there it is it's like in the healings of there it's, it's too much it's it's too much for me to handle. Hence, something greater than myself. Now, I came in with this God of my religion. I realized it was talking disease to me. I, in the depths of doing the steps and in the fourth step and so forth, I was like, I was convinced and it was very hard for me to say. I was, and it was such a depression that I was willing to see because, you know, Got to see the fear, got to see that stuff that's coming out behind the food. And it was, I don't believe that this God just grants me freedom. I, I think I need to sit in this suffering until that God gives me a sign or how dare I, how dare I move and just accept my freedom. And I truly thought I have have failed this power. This power has given me everything and anything beyond a life of goodness. And I, and now I'm coming to this power with this disease and truly just fail and just an awful, awful place of hell until I started to, you know, and, and this loving sponsor, bless her, bless her, bless her, held my hand and said, it makes me so sad that you were just so brainwashed with these ideas in some way, shape, and form. But now you got to ask yourself, does the God of your understanding have, and even I had to say, deep down inside, there was a lot of battle coming into peace with all of that. But, you know, when I, when I hear this is the last toss on the block, to me, what that really meant, it wasn't about the food. I was like, this faith thing has to be real. It, it, it just, it has to be real. It has to be real because I, you know, there's no other ways about it. So somewhere along the ways, I gotta believe even that religious God doesn't want me in this hell. I didn't do something so bad and so wrong. Now, I could have easily say, I wish everybody in my life that I had grown up with or trusted and every single person agreed with that so I could find the support and move on. But the vision for me, at least in my interpretations, was to be able to find that courage to live on that power, to have that strength. To, and I actually wanted it. 
I want. I wanted that trust with that power. I wanted the trust within self. And I want to try and be one so that this constant outer fears and everything and everyone just kind of stops for at least one minute. And that faith thing grows. Five minutes. And so it was, thank you so much. it was, it was this journey of acting on it. And it was, a, I'm not going to say it wasn't painful. It's definitely painful to let go of old ideas. I would hear it, but boy, feelings feel like they're the most pain of shackles because I was feeling the bondage, but don't want to give that the reason for not going through the journey because that was a small, small glimmer compared to that vision that's come to life and continues to come to life. I actually love that story of vision for you in the big book, because it's about this hope. Again, when I started talking, I said, there's not even words that can describe that. There's, I didn't even have the courage. So here I found myself with words saying higher power, whatever I choose to call, whatever anybody else chooses to call, loves me so much gives me the strength to find the life within this heart, to do that little step from the, in the daily livings, give me the courage to know I'm not so bad. I'm not going to burn in hell. I'm not, when I live that, give me the courage to do thy will past all my self-centered fears and so forth. And, you know, the relationships with family and friends and neat got cleaned up along the way. I got to find who I am, which is still a journey. What do I want? Which is always a confusion. I needed to be revealed and then to go after it. And the things that I wanted, like I said, to be one with that power, to, to be able to not feel like a complete fill in a blank of something bad, you know, and, and, walk out of this small cultural family that thought I was abandoning them and and go out and live my life and move out and travel the world and, and places and things that I never even thought I could ever cross the street on my own to, to have a job that was always afraid that I couldn't get through a day without going to the convenience store downstairs and pretending I was going to the bathroom and getting my alcoholic food and you know, to, to be able to have hurt feelings with a boss, to open myself up to say, own your part and keep going. And then to see how the boss even apologizes to me, to continue to grow and to be of useful that's turned into a career in 20 years and so forth. To still have a day where I feel sensitive and hurt and remind myself, this is why I need to show up to a meeting for the girl who didn't want to cross PE and run a lap because I felt so embarrassed that I could barely run to the one who tries to get up because I do want the structure in the day to rise early, to have time to, for myself to work out, to get to work, to do emails before sunrise and to have that structure and to show up even when I don't always want to show up and, a nap that I was taking because by this time of the night from the early morning rise, I am like, but two minutes left. I do. 
Thank you. And I'm sorry. And you said one minute, two minutes left. Two minutes. Yeah. Thank you. To to moving that body, to willingly move the body, to the one who never thought would like you know run anything. And then I heard a fellow in her, I think sixties or seventies, say she ran a marathon, the LA marathon. And I got inspired. And this spark plug that went off in my brain. That's like that gives me hope. I always wanted to do something like this and I got to do it for an even greater cause for breast cancer four times, 39 marathon and a half, 39 and a half. I didn't think I'd raise a cent for it. I, 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 and God helps meet the fun goals for it, you know, and all I do again, just do your part, Ganit, pass the hurt feelings, pass the fear and let me manage. And I get more and more acknowledgement of this and manage me higher power. I need to help let go. Oh, make sure I do this because you've protected me through all the feelings and I didn't kill myself over the food. Keep protecting me through it all. And I'm just a player in my own life. God has, God plays, or my understandings playing me right the way through as well. So, you know, in this maybe five seconds I have left is I am putting my feet on the ground and gripping on as tight as I can, because I'm reminded how powerless I am, but protected. And for that religion, God, that's actually the boogeyman got left behind. And the 11th step talks about it, where we come full circle in a sense, and hopefully go back to religion in a newfound light. And I've stood in religion ceremonies in front of 15,000 people honoring the religious God of my understanding past the glimpses and the stares and what do they think? Because that's what feels right for me. So I do this on the courage of a power greater than myself of love. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much for your share, Gunit. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, star nine if you're on the phone and the zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up if the speaker is asked a question please allow three minutes for the answer okay looks like uh, Stacy F Hi. Um, hi, Ganit. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. I'm Stacy. I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you so much for that amazing qualification. I just related to just about every single thing that came out of your mouth. I really did. I've been in program off and on for 30 years. I left for about 10 and came back about three years ago. And it's just on January 1st of this year that I just 
really, really, really gave up. I really, I I was just, I, I finally got to the point where I was completely out of options and I got a new sponsor and, um, it's only been 10 days of working with her, but it just, it just feels so different this time. Like I just feel, um, I'm doing all sorts of things I never thought I would do. I'm turning over my food the night before. I never thought I would do that. I'm just, I'm just doing whatever she says, because I have like manipulated and controlled for so long and, and restricted and over it, it just, it, it doesn't work. I'm, I'm just at the point where I'm, I'm, I'm out of options. I feel, and um, it, it just in this little bit of time, it's been such a relief. It's just, the cravings are gone. The, it, it it's just a huge relief. My question for you, and I, this is what, you know, as soon as I start to feel a little bit lighter, then I get like more obsessed with the food, you know, or I'm following my food plan and I'm turning out my, you know, my food the night before, but I notice myself tonight, well, should I really have a half a cup of that? Or maybe I only need a quarter cup. Like it's already starting. And so I guess my question for you is what do you do when that like starts to sneak in a little bit? I don't want that, but I, I, I feel it like knocking at the back door, ready to come in. Oh, Stacy, thank you. I might rush through this and you're welcome to outreach. I put my number in the chat, but in the 10 seconds, possibly that's left here. I will say I've learned this only in practice because my mind also said, it's no big deal. It's just changing like a corn or a pea or something. And somebody said to me, it won't kill you for keeping what you have for just the day that you planned. And if you don't like it, change it tomorrow. It sounds so simple, but in the practice of it, I still practice it because my mind still says, I want to be free. Mm -hmm. I'm free in the choices. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your share. Uh, up next is Liz Kay. Go ahead. Everybody, Liz Kay, Recover Compulsive Overeater. Um, I I won't share long. I shared last night, so I want to leave time for anybody else who wants to. But um, I want to say thank you, Ganit. That was beautiful. I love how you said you put the food down, you pick the steps up. That spiritual toolkit at our feet. I love that. Um, but I do have a question for you. And I think the timer starts over for you too. So don't worry about only using 10 seconds or whatever, but, um, congratulations on having almost 12 years. And after 12 years, how do you find your food plan? Have you seen it change a lot over the years? Do you, do you weigh and measure, or is it something that's just so comfortable and easy? You don't even think about it. How do you manage that? Thank you. Liz, thank you so much for your share. And I, first of all, I got to say, you're complimenting my higher power. I am, I, it's definitely not me. And I, I can't even say 12 years, the only reason, and it's not 12. Yeah. It's, it, it's like 11 and a half and it's really today. And the only reason I say that number is to be reminded something and to prove living proof here something greater than myself and every time I say it that's why I say it's clutching feet on the ground oh god don't let me mess it up you know and it's just uh it is it is and I'm just reminded breathe because that power 
I've shared. Anyways, I did, like I said, I started with somebody else's abstinence in a way, and I didn't really realize it. And in the course of doing the steps, I kid you not, I mean, in the course of doing my first fourth, first fourth step, it came to me as to what I kind of need to do. And so it evolved like that. Um, the food plan kind of evolved as well. Um, you know, there were definitely times when I noticed like, okay, I've lost some weight now. I kind of really like need to plateau things down a little bit, but I honestly will tell you, I'm the kind of person that my, this is just me, needs to not look at the food needs to not look at the scale. I don't weigh myself. I don't, uh, somebody suggested to me almost in a way before I even started abstinence recovering, you know, throw the scale away. And I realized I was in so much bondage to the scale my whole life. Um, I kind of have an idea of what, you know, a meal looks like for me. And that's somewhat the way that I do it. And I kind of want to keep it simple that way, kind of have an idea of what a snack looks like for me and, and just move forward in that. And when I'm getting to that point of, you know, not to cross, but previous question as well, when I'm getting to the point of, oh, I, you know, just want to feel warm and comfy. And I say this in every holiday season. Thank you for being here. I need to claim my seat. This other stuff's looking good. And I tell you, um, when I first came in and I heard somebody say, all this stuff was around and it didn't call to me. I didn't understand that language, but basically my jaw dropped to the ground. And I don't think I'd ever used the F word, but I was like, what the? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think, and I completely, like to me, it just... But the fact that even if something looks good and I might have a little bit of a temper tantrum, why can't I? And so, and through the years and so forth. And the fact that I just go move on and go to bed, it's time you're tired. You just need to get some rest and wake up fresh in the morning. Those and thoughts and feelings do pass. So thank you. Thank you for your share. Um, Melissa B, you're up next. Thanks, Kendall. Thanks for your service and everyone else who's doing service for the meeting today, Yvonne and everyone else in the background. Um, Melissa, a great for recovered compulsive overeater, sugar addict, an emotional eater. I feel, um, yeah, I just feel very grateful to be here. Thank you so much, Kenny, for your share. There was, there was so much there that I, that I really related to and you know, I kept hearing throughout of it, you know, and you said it just now, but that, that it's, you know, it wasn't about the food and right. It's got that spiritual connection, right. And the, the closer we get with that spiritual connection, the further we get from the food and the less that calls to us. And I just really identified with that. And especially over the holidays, right. Like my food has been rocky over the holidays and my mental twist has been so heavy and it's been a combo of that with my physical health symptoms and experiencing new symptoms. That, and it's like that sense of ease and comfort, right? Like my disease is like, Hey, Hey, you know, what's going to help here. Right. And it's that reminder that like, that might help a normal person, but I am not a normal person. Right. Um, and 
um, you know, the humility of acknowledging, yeah, maybe I do need to look at my food plan. Maybe I do need to put a yellow food on the red food list. And, you know, I am reminded every time I come into this meeting that, you know, when we, when we take what's in our head and we put it into words, something happens, right? Something spiritual happens. And that's the magic of this program. And uh, yeah, uh, I really needed to be here today. And um, thanks for letting me share. No, it's a short one, but that's all I have. Thank you, Melissa, for your share. Okay. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares.